0: The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the eat this podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. From her closet high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, Leanne Phillipson.
1: Grocery shopping isn't what it once was. You know, that stop and shop on the fly that make a pit stop on your way home from work just to get those dinner fixings for that night's meal or maybe kind of just what you fancy because you got this like hankering for something. Well, that all changed because of COVID in ways that I think none of us could ever have imagined. First of all, the fear of going to the grocery store, being told to stay at home and only going out when necessary. Then the long wait times for the new online shopping for those that just really were like, I've got to try this out. I don't want to go to the store. And then the supermarkets really quickly figuring out ways to get food to their customers safely. Retailers were finding new ways as much as the customers were in following their lead. Since the early days of quarantine and lockdown of phase one, we've gone back to some kind of normal patterns where restaurants, well, they opened for a little while. We could do some patio dining when the weather was great, but now, especially where I live in Toronto, we're back a phase and they're all closed again. So we're back to picking up and just doing the takeout thing if you don't happen to want to cook. One thing that hasn't changed during all of this, of course, is the need to eat. And, you know, that's never going to change. It's just going to keep on going. What has changed, though, is our shopping habits, how we plan and how we think about our grocery habits in so many ways. Many started planning for meals for two or three weeks. Chris, do you remember when we had Lana, I think it was on, and, and she planned for three weeks out for her whole family. Some started making foods that they never had before and they found that they actually really enjoyed being in the kitchen. Some found that the meals at home actually worked out much cheaper for them and that their bodies and their kids maybe also felt better for it. Whether maybe it was better energy, they shed a few pounds, they got themselves and the family into a bit more of a groove to be in the kitchen at certain times of day. So I really think that there have been many, many positive aspects of this forced change. While I'm curious about our habits before and since COVID, What has changed other than the bread making and the snacking? Well, there was a whole bunch of stuff. So the online shopping, the pickup, the click and collect, all of those things, you know, and I still enjoy going to the supermarket. I remember going the first few times, I did not like the mask thing. I did not like just the sort of anxiety feeling being close to people. It was really weird to navigate. And maybe I'm doing things differently to how I did. Maybe I'm more bulk shopping. I'm not quite sure but I know that things have changed. So to help answer some of the questions that I have in understanding the impact of this ever-changing, I don't know, normal when it comes to shopping, cooking, and consuming food, I found a trailblazer to talk this over with. That really, we can all understand it better. And what do these changes mean for us and our lives and, of course, our wallets? This week on Eat This with Leanne, I'm going to interview Mary Delamonte, She's a veteran in the retail grocery industry and the woman who knows this industry side inside and out, back to front, and all of the in-between. Mary, I hope, is going to share with us some of what she knows about the changes, what she forecasted at the beginning of COVID, and what to focus on in the days and the weeks to come to keep that grocery bill down while we can still be healthy. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm still a go to the store kind of shopper. I like to see my food. I like to choose it. I like to pay for it. I like to interact with the frontline workers and, you know, speak to other people and check out, bring it home, unpack it all. It's kind of the whole process that I really enjoy. And while I've been doing actually most of my shopping at local farmers markets, the supermarket, well, we still got to go there and that's not going to stop anytime soon. I too am watching what I'm spending every week, making sure that I can make the most of my shop It's tough financial times for so many of us. So this is one area where a lot of my clients and people that I speak to are still trying to focus on with their healthy eating, but also need to watch how much of the budget is being spent on their food too. My guest today is a total know it all when it comes to supermarkets, the food sold, and buying habits. Mary Delamonte has over 40 years of achievement in the retail grocery industry and is recognized as the go to trusted industry executive. Mary is known as a change agent and the quintessential foodie. She is recognized for her strategic and tactical leadership in the grocery and food industry and her broad business expertise, spans merchandising, multi-banner operations, private labels, innovation development and process management, governance, and even new store concept development and design. So I think no matter where we go, Mary's had an influence over no matter what we're doing. Her passion for food being the driving force of her career, whether it's been identifying new trends or championing the innovation. Recently, Mary retired as Senior Vice President of Merchandising and Commercial Programs for Sobeys Incorporated, a leading Canadian grocer, retailer, food distributor, and is now on various boards, most recently on the board of directors for Giant Tiger. It is such a pleasure to have you join us today, Mary. Thank you so much for coming on to speak with me on Eat This with Leanne. Thank you, Leanne. It's truly a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me and spending this time with me today. First of all, Mary, you completely nailed it at the start of COVID with what was to come in our industry or in your industry. And I was hoping that maybe you could start off with what it was that you shared back in March and what you saw coming down the pipeline as we entered COVID. Well, back then, it seems like so far. It farther. does, doesn't
2: it? I think it's really about a lot of great minds and a lot of great leaders in this industry. It's what we know, it's what we do. And we really speak about taking that experience and looking forward. And I think that those are just some of the sentiments that I shared back then coming to fruition based on, on experience and I guess just uh, being able to, uh, I guess, foresee something uh, down the pipeline. Back then and where we are today, it's really changed uh, grocery shopping. but more importantly, it's changed how the grocery industry has had to adapt and pivot and just turn on a dime to really meet the customer demands. Everything from how they brought in product, what they would bring in, how they needed to restock it, how the consumer was going to shop, how it was going to be delivered uh, to them or picked up or electronically uh, transmitted by order to figure out uh, one of the previous what they were going to do or whether they were going to stand in the lineup and uh, hope that they got uh, what they needed. It's a a plethora of many things from the grocery side and changing uh, how we were going to be able to survive in this type of a pandemic and this you know, unprecedented crazy times yeah. and all the things that would be added to it from just a sanitation perspective and you know, employee health and consumer health and protectiveness of making sure that all the bases uh, were covered then and continue to be covered. The consumer and how they shopped and what they shopped for uh, was going to change based on, on all of this. There's so many different things that changed.
1: For instance, what is it that you've seen impact the grocery industry the most, whether it's Mm -hmm. from the grocer side of things or even from the habits of the consumer of what are we doing differently?
2: I think that at the beginning, I always start with the consumer because... No matter what you do, at the end of the day, you have to develop through the eyes of the customer. You have to listen uh, to what the customer is saying. Uh, the, every action that you take has to be founded in the voice of the customer in order, in order to be successful. Um, so this forced the customer to react very differently and, and to change. Doing shopping was no longer a, hey, I'm just going to stop in and pick something up on my way. And it's now very much a planned Uh, trip with a great planning in mind on what they needed to pick up and at the very beginning it was everybody's taken by shock and just kind of loading up pantry loading stocking up on everything that they could get their hands on and then obviously there's a frenzy of uh, what was running out so those categories are very much focused on um, like paper like frozen food like shelf stable items that, you know, as a consumer, and then saying, do I want to stand in the lineup? Do I want to be able to go to a store? Or now, if I never thought of going online and doing grocery shopping, I now sit there and say, I'm going to try it because of a necessity, I have to do it. And right. I don't want to be And I don't want to go grocery shopping. And I don't want to, I don't want to go into, into a location. And so a year ago, uh, obviously, there, you know, if I looked at the landscape, there were different levels of every grocery banner out there in company that was at different levels on their development and what stage they were in at, whether it was curbside or whether it was full full delivery uh, to the consumer. Cook and collect delivery, so many different companies. And some were more, more developed and some were underdeveloped. What COVID the pandemic did was it forced the companies that – Uh, different levels to accelerate their development. It forced the consumer, if they did it before, they continued to use it. If they never utilized it before, uh, it forced, you know, percentages of the population to say, I need to do this now at a necessity. And if they hesitated, now there was their try uh, at this experience. And if it was a good experience, it was something that now we know that they're going to continue with even though they had the opportunity when things opened up to go into uh, different locations. So that's one big one that now you're going to see that it, they've accelerated, but it's going to continue. And it's going to stay. And right. If anybody thought they were going to be in or out of it, I don't believe that you know, the larger organizations, obviously without it, are going to be able to not supply that extra service and gain that customer uh, loyalty and retention from that platform without it think about it today, right? Uh, So continuing, we're going to be going into winter. And if you stood in the sun in a long lineup before to go into grocery shopping, uh, how excited are people going to be if you need to stand in the lineup when it's, you know, below zero outside and snowing and freezing? And here's where um, it's a great customer experience that the customers had with online. Uh, then they're going to make the decision to say, "Hey, you know what? This, they're convinced now. This is really good. It was okay. You know, I got everything I needed. You know, it came to my door. Look at the online. Look at the online shopping when uh, it's not food and it's non-food. It's carefree. You get to see all the prices." Of the same item. Oh, by the way, you get to see all the colors and styles that maybe you didn't see when you were in the store. Of course. Um, and you get to do it from the, the comfort of your home with a cup of coffee in your hand and click, away you go. And sometimes, you know, 24 hours later, it's at your front door. And that yeah. doesn't mean everybody wants to have the same experience, because I'm mm-hmm. still a touchy-feely person. You know, I love yeah. grocery shopping. I like to pick my, my, my product, um, yeah, but there are categories that, you know, is tied, paper is paper, you know, salt and yep. sugar is sugar, right? And the right. way you go. So uh, it's all about uh, having the variety and the different avenues in order to take care of your consumer and being able to service them.
1: You know, having been in the industry for such a long time, what are the biggest challenges that you've seen for the grocers, for all the companies? You know, other than the online, you know, quick, get all the tech ready to go and and implement every, you know, all of Uh, that has it, I can imagine has its own headache. But what about, let's say in store, what are the biggest challenges that they've had there?
2: Being in the grocery business for so many years, I mean, it's been over 40. I thought it was, I applauded the industry for you know the frontline workers everywhere. Of course. Grocery, um, they've always been able to is part of their job to react in any organization, but more importantly, it's It's not what Happens normally every day because there isn't normal normality every day. It's right. just degrees of abnormality when things happen. Um, so I remember everything from blackouts to floods to pandemics and SARS and Hep C outbreaks and different things you have to wow. re- react to on, on, on a dime in order to you know launch into operational efficiencies in order to take care of the consumer and your business at the same time. This far exceeds anything. Absolutely anything that anybody would have had to take care of because it's obviously 24 hours a day, much longer every day. I think they've done a great job. And the suppliers, don't forget the suppliers. Of course. Because they're having having to meet the demands. So what impacts? Everything from getting the product into the store, when you have everybody wiping out shelves, you have suppliers that are fighting to get reloaded to get shipments out to the locations only to have to replenish them. So they're always running behind. Right. And so in a lot of cases, what they did was they had to really look at, you know, what are we producing? And so they've had to secure skew- rationalize what they would produce and say, well, we're going to produce the top selling items where the big volume is that everybody's looking at. We're not going to um, waste capacity on items that are slower sellers. So having the logistics of, know, yeah, the supply chain is just, is just so critical. And so having it come into the store, having the labor to do it, because remember, they're great frontline workers. Everybody is coming in and being faced with what their own anxieties are and the challenges of uh, of COVID and the pandemic uh, being in public places. In some cases, there are choices that people have to make. If they don't feel safe, they would stay home. And yeah. not come in, and yeah. or they would get. You know, unfortunately, if they even got sick, and it affected some of the stores. Yes. Um, so you have to be very cognizant of uh, what are you bring in the store. How can you replenish? You have to wait to see if it's coming in. If the supplier is able to deliver it, do you have enough people to put it away? Uh, and on top of layering all of that. Is the sanitization of the whole store, all of the different processes that were put into place, all the aisles going up and down different places, you know, sanitizing coming in, sanitizing the cart, sanitizing going out, wiping down Mm -hmm. things that we took you take for granted, you know, every card, shelves, places that customers touch, your checkout, the plexiglass. So it's it goes on and on and on and on. This is huge cost that these companies are having to absorb. Yeah. Uh, in order to make sure that they're keeping every everybody safe and and uh, running the business,
1: yeah, it's so- huge far 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 reaching far more so than I think we would ever consider so as I walk Mm -hmm. into the supermarket next time because like you I'm a more of a gotta go pick out my own food and pick the apples that I like or that size of butternut squash and and all of Mm -hmm. those things then uh, yeah I'm gonna pause and think about oh my gosh how many more people are here at the front door making sure you know that I've got my mask and that everybody coming in is the right numbers and and the capacity and yes they did just clean that down and and, and all of those things it definitely And how many things
2: so within departments that you took for granted before that now are shut down open bars right your yeah. salad bars your hot bars anything that was open your bulk uh yeah. your bulk bins uh, those are categories that have had to be shut down and uh, protected um till we know a little bit more uh, right. about future. Um, and other changes. So for you know the trend, obviously and this is something that's very near dear to your heart as the expert and everybody that follows you, but also very near and dear to my heart because I'm a mother, because I have family, and I think everybody else they're more so is so focused on eating better right. and being healthy. And how do you do that? The trend and you know the years that have passed continues to grow that consumers everything you read, everything you're taught is to continue to shop the perimeter of the store more and more because that's where all the fresh product is. And that's where the less processed uh, items are. And so the degree of shopping in the center of the store and all the aisles had continued to diminish. Well, this just turned everything up on its ear, because wow. what happened through all of this is now consumers, remember, have you know one shop they got to do. They've gone yes. through the line, they've done the plan, they do whatever they need. So consumers are going to the store less often. And buying bigger baskets uh, of groceries. So what it did was not only they're shopping the perimeter, they were shopping the perimeter, but going up and down every aisle to make sure they were picking up everything they needed. Mm-hmm. Now, now they're, they're at home. They're cooking at home, right? More. And yes. um, You know they're being reintroduced to, to the kitchen, and yep. they're being reintroduced to the pantry their exposure to great recipes, cooking channels, everything that's out there that now they can, they have the time or forced to perhaps inject into their day because they've been working online or whatever uh, to now, to now feed their family in a different way. I, Consider myself a pretty good cook, but uh, yes. I didn't bake bread all the time. But here <laughs> I am doing this. I mean, everybody I talked to—it was amazing—the you know, cast iron uh, bread uh, recipe. Of course, I
1: the, the New York—I know it. the New uh, York Times, uh, New York yeah. Times one. Is that it? We're taking pictures and we're all yeah. you know, we're
2: sending it to each other and saying, "Look at mine! Uh, I, added, <laughs> I added this. What did you do? I put in olives. Uh, I put in every, you know—the every, everything." Uh, uh, yep everything mixture. And yeah, it, it was just fantastic. And so what happened is customers are going up and down every aisle. Well, what, now they're getting reintroduced to categories they hadn't visited in a long time. Mm. Because now they need to, because they're cooking and because they have, they're loading up, they're being introduced to categories that are meal makers, the ingredients that they need to make their meals. Besides the paper and the tide and, and and the toothpaste and whatever else they needed to, they were loading up on. Now they're going up and down. Flour was flying off the shelf. You couldn't get any yeast. No, you know, no. spices to cook with, canned product to load up with, whether it's legumes or proteins or, or condiments or pasta was just white, absolutely white. You know, pasta in Italy. This is the best one when I'm looking at all the pictures and pasta is the largest in Italy, where yeah. they were absolutely devastated with the shelves being wiped out. Oh absolutely gosh. wiped out. Wow. In the interviews, I saw these you know, cute little, you know, grandmas and grandpas and saying we need our pasta, you know, like, you, what, because they couldn't comprehend like why they couldn't get it in the store as quickly oh, as they wow. needed to. And why are people buying it all? They got to leave some for us. All this now has uh, reintroduced and what happens is just like the online shopping and e-commerce. Yes. This is now the same effect. Customers that may have been pushed into it before that had a good experience yes. with it or reintroduced reintrodu- or to something new, we're going to say, hey, I'm going to mm-hmm. stick with this. I, I like this. I'm going to keep going you know, for my right. shopping locations and when I need it. And in, in cooking and now there's like hey this is really good you know there's benefits that come out of cooking at home um and you know my family and what it does to my budget you know is it healthier and how i change what i'm making um so that's going to stick as well a percentage of it will and so it's it's a regrowth it's a rebirth of the center of store
0: Listening to the Eat This with Leanne podcast. Now, more with Leanne Phillipson.
1: That's so fascinating because so many times with my clients, I would say, okay, so head into the produce section and then head to the back and then do that U shape. And yeah, there's really not that much that you need in the middle because that's where all the cookies are and all the refined, and the nutrients are not in the middle. But actually now that you've said that, there are a lot of nutrients in the middle. You just have to be a little bit choosy because those mm-hmm. beans, as you said, or the dried lentils. I mean, I have tons of recipes in my book that include mm-hmm. lentils and beans and quinoa and those are mm-hmm. definitely in this in the center. So I think what you highlighted on, on the healthy front is really, really fascinating because I heard from so many of my clients that I think, uh, I don't remember which episode it was, but we definitely in the beginning talked about, you know, what it was like going to, uh, you know, going to shop. And then on social media, I said to some people, you know, so how's it going? Are you rocking this? Are you, you know, have you entered the snackathon and you're eating all day long? And I was shocked at how many people said, oh no, we're doing great. I've lost weight, I'm working out every day, I'm not eating out anymore, I'm not mm. drinking after work, because you can't, because you're working from home. So all the things that changed, and a lot of people were thoroughly enjoying cooking for their family at home. It was just amazing. It was so surprising. Yeah, and
2: combined with that, you know, to take a break, the Uber Eats and the delivery at home was something that people yeah. had to kind of to depart they would depart from cooking at home to, yeah. to get a break because in some cases there was a bit of cooking fatigue as well
1: oh yes right? oh yes yeah. I, I've read many but, posts of I'm sick of my own cooking I just want somebody <laughs> else to take over for a moment
2: please but that's where you know, I, you know I have to I have to also say that um I'd be surprised if some consumers didn't say they're saving money uh, that's huge Looking at home, you know. So the example of when you and I talked about it was, you know, dried uh, dried legumes, Mm -hmm. and the ability to have that in your pantry, and know that at any time you can take it out and soak them, yeah, and then make an incredible minestrone or fantastic soup, and really make some hearty, incredible, cost-efficient, money-saving, healthy meals. Those are the things that consumers would get reintroduced to. I mean, you're the expert, but when you tell somebody that, you know, that if you know a cup of peas, you can get as much protein as you would in like, you know, three or four prawns. Yes. Okay, right. You don't yeah. have to have you know, this. It's really about learning, and the opportunities to go from different categories. Do you have to have meat every day? Well, plant based is just exploding. It continues to grow each and every day, whether it's by uh, health reasons, whether it's by choice, or it's uh, something I want to do only a couple of days out of the week. Right. But more importantly, it's also about. It's more important. It's also important to our environment. It's to to our yeah. world, and so. Yes it's not going to go away. And there's that four walls of that grocery store has everything you need to take care of Um, every segment of wellness that a consumer is going after.
1: I love that. I love that. That definitely needs to be tweeted out and highlighted and put in (laughs) caps. That's so, so great. So talking about, you know, these times, which are tight, they're tight for a lot of people. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of choices that people have to make and saying, no, I'm not going to go and buy the more expensive cuts of meat. Maybe I will go and get something that's more plant-based. And what, um, what ideas might, might you have for consumers as they navigate through the inside of the, of the supermarket. One thing I know that you were in charge of throughout your career was the private label. At one
2: point I was in charge of private label for okay. um, one segment of my career when I was uh, at Sobe's. Um But I came from Law Laws and uh, private label with David Nickel, uh, yep. you got to give credit. He changed the industry. He put his, fingerprint all over private label and the birth of it started with no name and the birth of president's choice is just something that is very, very highly recognized. But also uh, at the end of the day, it's about the private label and um, the growth of that in Canada. But I anywhere you go, it's
1: the whole yeah. world. Yes. Right.
2: And so private label is fantastic product. It is. And it's remember it's made uh, by the suppliers. Uh, that uh, are producing other brands out there. Right. It also gives the ability to differentiate a brand within, uh, within a banner that get to create incredible product that nobody can, can replicate. Right. Uh, or it's something that you've come up with first until somebody comes along and replicates right. down the road. But it's savvy because it's always lower than the national brand. And the quality inside is equal to or better than than the national brand. And its services all the great companies out there have their their private label, then they have their better for you private label on top of that, or they have the entry price point that uh, comes in at at the bottom. They have their indulgent private label uh, lines. And so, well, they all have their portfolio of great products. And remember all of these, you know, people that worked that work in private label or develop private label, these ideas don't just come from we're in Canada, in Canada. They travel the world to bring the world to the consumers, right? So it's exciting when you're going up and down the aisles. And it's really really important to look at uh, the price comparison, become educated uh, to what's out there. So it was very clear that throughout the pandemic, uh, national brand, if it was not on shelf, customers bought the private label. It really uh, displayed how quickly people would switch over.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: I'm sure that in some cases, they're going to continue to go back so there there you go
1: yeah they've learned that whatever it is like their spices or whatever whatever the label is or whatever the product is is like you said if not just as good, sometimes even better. And I do know some some labels and some grocers. They only have a particular. You know, you can only. You have to go there because that's the only place you can get it from. So exactly. that builds brand loyalty exactly. right there too. And that's a, that's
2: a differentiation. And the other thing is remember that the other thing that changed was as customers are doing. You know, obviously this larger shop, customers weren't afraid to buy multiples. Ah. Like really, you know, if you needed one cannabis before, you're buying five and six of them right. because you don't know when you're going to get back. And yeah. so it's not hardy. It's called pantry loading, so that I have what I need uh, inside of my home. And uh, if there was, you know, great price on it, well, that would even push the consumer to obviously uh, buy that that much more.
1: I definitely know that I did that with coconut milk at some point in time. because because when I went through my pantry and my daughters uh were away from March break. So when we came back and then I had to, You didn't anticipate that we would be quarantined for two weeks after we got back from March break and then I realized I had about eight cans swimming around the back of my pantry of just coconut milk (laughs) I thought oh my gosh this is my version of toilet paper it's to have that many cans of coconut
2: milk (laughs) Uh, for me it was uh I had to make sure that I had uh Uh, Neil brothers mayonnaise in my pantry at all times because interesting okay i love that one it's all natural it's really good and i just uh and they come out with some really fun stuff um support all the brands that are out there and all the suppliers that were out there and yeah you know i remember those are like the bigger shops but more importantly there's Consumers uh, are very conscious of: Am I going to going to go into a location, and and they're going to plan like when do I need to go in, when do I have to go in, and yeah. where do I want to go? The large, you know, yeah. much larger stores think the closer, convenient, uh, you know, getting everything that I need in a smaller in and out go yes. uh, really showed some, a lot of strength, as well as it was really about taking care of the customer demand. You know, making it easy for the customer, making it easy for them to come in and out, making making sure that they were well stocked as best they could be. Um, yep. making sure that all the things that are important to the consumer are, are fresh.
1: Now, I know that you are an absolute foodie yourself. Uh, so I was hoping that you might be able to share with with us uh, like a fast and delicious meal that you make, you know, one or two of those that's your go-to. You know, I, I love inspiration and I know <laughs> listeners are going to say, oh yeah, give us some ideas.
2: Fast and, and go-to and something that I love to do is uh, make a frittata. Ah, you know, you can do it for breakfast, you can do it for lunch, you can do it for dinner. You could yeah. fancy it up or you can, you know, play it down. It's a way to clean out your fridge, right? Do you have vegetables? Do you have extra cheese, you know, onions, you know, g- red peppers, green peppers? Do you have some cacciatore that's left over, you know, some dried sausage? You know, cut it up into little pieces, throw it in there. So it's about it's about your flavor. Do you want to make it vegetarian? At the end of the day, you can have, you can make it Italian, you can make it Greek with, with feta cheese, you can make it Spanish with a salsa, you can do all oh, kinds yeah. of stuff. And the great thing about a, about a, um, uh, about a frittata is you can make them as small or large as you want. And any leftover, yep. once you've chilled it down, you put it, you put it in your refrigerator, put it between two great hugs of bread. You know, so oh, yeah. a make a fantastic sandwich with it. You can have it for leftovers. Oh, nice. It's a great yes. meal. It's economical. You know, make yourself a salad. It's just, you can feed the family and you yeah. can have make another meal out of it. So that's a fast one. For, somebody, for me, it's about when somebody drops in and it's just like, okay, stay, stay. We'll figure something out. Uh, the yes. other one for me is always like a you know, fantastic pasta. Um,
3: mm. And
2: that's where um, whether is something that you say, you know what, I got nothing in the fridge. But I got a pantry. And in my pantry, I've got pasta, and I've got some capers, and I've got some olives. And I always have garlic. And I have of olive oil. So um, and I have a little bit of, you know, whether it's a pureed tomato, or I've got some tomato paste in the tube or whatever. There's a little bit yeah. of that. And it's very simple, you know. Olive oil, garlic, capers, olives, a little bit of tomato. Boil your pasta. You throw it all together, and you've got a, pot, a pasta puttanesca. Boom, done, done. And you can make that. Oh, over I love and it. Because when you buy those ingredients, you're not going to make one meal. What the pasta you're going to have to rebuy? but you can use the other stuff for you know three or three or four times.
1: That just sounds so simple and yeah. super quick. And even you know, kids can learn how to make that. And, you know, take that on their travels as they go, you know, as they go through life, because they realize how easy it is. I actually bought some capers not that long ago. I don't remember what it was for. And then my eldest daughter said, what are these, mom? And I said, they're caper berries. And she said, well, what are they? And I said, well, they're kind of berries, but, you know, they're not really berries, but that's what they are. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was like a day later, I looked in the fridge and the whole jar was empty. She loved this. She just came back, kept coming back to the fridge and just ate all the capers. Yeah. (laughs) Also never know because it's just, it's something new that they haven't tried before. And if it's in a dish, it's not so overwhelming. But if it's, you know, then they might learn, oh yeah, this is my new favorite.
2: Here's one for you. Uh, Okay. Capers, garlic. Yeah. And then if if you're eating fish... Yes. Um. You put in your fillet of fish just yes. very quickly and fry it together. Yeah. Throw in a little bit of white wine, let it simmer because fish cooks very quickly. Yeah. You know, or, uh, you know, put the white wine in when you're frying your, your, your uh, olive oil and garlic in your capers. Beautiful. Or cherry tomatoes is fantastic when you're in cherry tomatoes. Of course. And they then pop. you, you know, just fry your fish very quickly and it just, you know, that's it. Just plate it and it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah such great inspiration Um, my mouth is watering already and it was just such a great journey to understand so much more about from a, a completely different perspective of the grocery industry. And of course, all the valuable insight that you brought even to just everything that you've done throughout your whole career. So not only thank you for everything that you've done for all of us, even though we don't really know what it is, Mary's full bio will be in the show notes on leannephillipson.com if you want to know more about Mary. But for now, thank you so much for joining us today and, and just chatting with us about grocery and everything you know thank you so much it's been
2: a true pleasure leanne never stop you're so inspiring keep writing keep educating everybody and we'll continue to enjoy all of your tidbits of
1: great wisdom thank you so much mary
0: this is eat this with leanne During this challenging
1: time, as we head into, well, we're not quite sure actually where we're heading into in terms of restrictions. Things are still changing daily. But as I said off the top, one of the things that won't change is the need to keep on grocery shopping. I hope that Mary's insight, her suggestions, even her meal ideas help to make some more thoughtful shopping lists so we can get through this whole thing with a full pantry, keep eating healthy and not have to worry about the money to curb all of that. Now, if you don't happen to receive my weekly newsletter, maybe you didn't even know that I had one through either SproutWrite or LeannePhilipsen.com. Know that I send out highlights every week, including my recent Taste Canada Silver Award that I won for my book.
3: I wondered when Sprout, you were bring... right
1: Family Food.
3: Yeah, I wondered when you were going to bring that up. Uh, that looked that was awesome. I saw that on you know, Facebook. I think is where you posted it. Why Facebook, Instagram. Yes. Right On your Sprout Right pages, it was so cool to see you standing by the TV <laughs> dressed to the nines, right? It's like it was Oscar night. It and, was. And I guess in your yeah. business, that's what it was. It was Oscar night. It was, yes. And and, and to, to pull down the silver, and what was the category for?
1: It was uh, health and special diet.
3: There you go. And Sprout Right Family Foods took home the silver. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank I'm,
3: you. I'm so proud of you. You've grown up so much. you know you wonder when they go out of the house and you release them off into the world how they're going to do well she has blossomed so much i'm so proud of you (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh,
1: thanks. You're too kind. <laughs> oh, honestly, it was such a fun it was such a fun night and we did we all got dressed up. I had a few friends over and um one of my friends Paul, he came over in his tux, his, his the full shebang and his girlfriend had on her cocktail dress and she even had heels on. Like we all did it. It was just so much fun and I just I don't know. I just went into it thinking oh it's so nice to have everybody over it's been such a long time and and then and then all of a sudden it's like okay yeah let stand next to the tv i guess is that the right thing to do <laughs> yeah, for well, the virtual award ceremony yeah. like what do you know i don't
0: i have no idea how to do this yeah you
3: didn't get the opportunity to, to walk up to accept the award which would have been really cool cause that, I know. at that moment everybody's got their eyes on you and if you trip or fall or whatever you know that's when- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But no, that's phenomenal, and it's great because you knew it was a it was a great product. You knew the book was good. You knew the recipes were amazing, and it's nice to kind of get that from someone else, right? To someone to recognize your efforts, the recognition, and your, yeah, and your enthusiasm uh, and the the research and and so forth that went into putting the book together. So that's that's great.
1: Yeah, all the blood, sweat, tears, the million edits, and the words, <laughs> yes. and all of it, like holy smokes so yeah it's it's beautiful to have that uh that recognized and it really does mean the world to me so thank you do need some inspiration and you're put off by the family food part of the title please don't be I have clients who live by my book and my recipes and many of them don't even have a family yet um or maybe their family is all grown up but their recipes still remain their go-to so with that said as always please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time
0: Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhilipson.com.